A couple of weeks back, a group of us guys from here at Exponential, we came to the movie to see the movie Lone Survivor. Anybody see Lone Survivor? Yeah, a bunch of you went and saw it. Great movie. If you're not familiar with it, it's the story of a Navy SEAL team whose mission goes terribly, terribly wrong. And it is like an edge of your seat thrill. I mean, you're just sitting there and it's over a two hour long movie, but it seemed like it just like flew right by. And I'm like just sitting there and they really made it immersive because it's uh, four Navy SEALs. Basically, they get themselves in a situation where it's just completely helpless and, and they're barraged just by bullets everywhere. I mean, it's just it's crazy what's going on. And, you know, by the time we left the theater, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was just so profound. And, and my sense of respect for the military men and women that we have just went up immensely after watching that particular movie. And it's so hard to imagine as you're sitting there watching this thing on the big screen of being in a situation like that where you just feel completely helpless and that the sole intention of somebody else is to try to take your life. And again, as you see something like that in a movie, you're like, man, I'm glad I'm never going to have to go through something like that. But then last Friday, I did end up in a situation like that. Many of you already have heard a little bit of the story of what happened to me. And today what I want to do is just share with you the, the details of what happened. And I'll start out with sort of the gist of it. And then as I go through some of the lessons that I've been learning as I've been sort of processing it over the last 10 days or so, I'll give you some even more details of what happened. But I wanted to do this because we're, we're concluding our Don't Waste Your Life series today. And I thought, man, what, what better thing to talk about is, you know, when you feel like you're about to lose your life, about making sure, you know, as I'm reflecting on my own life, would I have wasted my life? Had, had I died last Friday, would it have been a wasted life or not? And that's something we all need to reflect on is our own lives. What if you were to die today? Did you waste your life or didn't you waste your life? And so that's what we'll talk about today as we uh, wrap up the series. Uh, real quick, just the, the story of what happened. It was a Friday morning uh, a week ago, and I was meeting with an architect. There's a, a building we're potentially looking at for here at Exponential. And I've known this guy for a while. He actually was the guy that designed and then helped to oversee the whole project of my previous church. So it's a big $7 million project that we did down there. So he and I got to be quite close as we went through the months and months and months that it took to do a, a project like that. And so I asked him to travel here to Harrisburg to take a look at this particular building that we're looking at and just sort of give some recommendations. So after we uh, had done that, I decided I wanted to take him out to lunch. So we went over to the other side of the river to uh, Dukes and Wormleysburg, had a very nice lunch. And then as soon as I was done there, I needed to go to our denominational office, which is here in Harrisburg. And so I thought, well, the easiest way to get there is just to cut straight through town. And so I'm not going to give you all the details of exactly uh, where it was at, but as I'm coming through town, I'm going up a street, and a car comes from my right side in another street and pulls out. Now, I've got a green light, but they pull out right in front of me to the point that I have to, like, nail the brakes. I'm really hard, and I'm actually going a little bit sideways. It was really, really close to actually having an accident. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? And I nail the horn. You know, I'm a little bit upset, you know, this idiot that just, you know, cut me off here in traffic. What in the world's going on? And this is the time of day. It was probably 2.30ish or so. You know, traffic is starting to get heavy uh, downtown. So it's sort of stop and go. And it's just, you know, two lanes, you know, our lane going up and then traffic coming the other way. This car that had cut me off, 
they wait for the traffic to clear the other way, and then they dart out into the wrong lane, and they speed up. So I'm just figuring, these people are late for somewhere. You know, they just cut me off, and now they're passing on the wrong side of the street and everything. And as I see them do that, and they get up past, there's an SUV right in front. As they get up past the SUV, I see an arm come out of the passenger side window with a handgun, and pow, pow, two shots. Now, at that moment, I didn't realize, I found this out later, but actually shot two people. And the next thing I know, and this is where things get a little blurry, a little bit cloudy, because, you know, I'm just so shocked and surprised at what's happened here. But the arm goes back in, and I see both of the guys in the, in the shooter's vehicle, I see both of them turn and look back at me then. And all of a sudden, the reverse lights come on. And they start turning around. And as I realize that they're turning around and they're going to come back by me. And again, at this moment, I'm not you know, necessarily thinking completely clear. But all I know is this. I've just witnessed them shoot two people. And I was the guy that just hit my horn at them. And now they're coming back by me. Well, I don't want to be there. And so I, thankfully, there was a, a street right off to the left. I nail the, the, the gas, and around the corner I go, hoping that I'm never going to see these guys again. But as I look up in my rearview mirror, here they come around the corner, and they're coming up on me at a very high rate of speed. Now, at this point, again, I don't know, they could just be trying to escape from what they just did. I'm not for sure at this moment that they're actually after me. But now, every time I'm making turns, they're making the same turns. And now I know that they are coming after me. And so I am just flooring it, and I'm doing like 75 miles per hour in streets of Harrisburg that are meant for 25 miles per hour, and these are like little back streets and stuff. And as I'm doing it, there's you know, various moments that I'm thinking, I'm not even sure I'm going down the right way on some of these streets. And you know, there's a couple times that there's cars coming the other way, and so that was my cue that it's time to make a turn and, and do something else. Eventually, as we continue to, to chase through the streets at very, very high rates, of speed. I made a uh, right-hand turn, went up a, a hill, and I saw that they were just making the turn at the, the bottom of the hill. And as I cleared up over the top and, and continued to speed on, I saw an apartment a lot, or apartment complex and a parking lot. And I saw that there was a big truck that was sitting there, and there was a space right beyond it. So I just ducked into there and just waited for them to, to go by then. And so I just sort of, you know, hunker down there in the car and call 911 and, you know, looking all around, making sure. And I wait for, I don't know, it's probably about five minutes till the police found me then. So that, that's sort of the, the gist of the, the story. Again, I'll give you more details as we go through some of the things that I've been learning as I process uh, through this. If you're taking notes here the, this morning with us, uh, the, the first thing is this. Here's the first thing that I've, I'm learning and you know, I don't know that you're going to get all the same things out of it as I have, but hopefully at least one or two of the things uh, that I've been learning, I can sort of apply to your life as well. So number one is that the thing that you're complaining about might just save your life. Again, the thing that you're complaining about might just save your life. If you're anything like me over the last couple of weeks, you've been complaining about what? The cold and the snow, Right? And I, I've been just like you. I've, I've been complaining about how cold it is and everything. But here's the weird thing. The cold and the snow, I think, saved my life that day. Here's why I say that. 
we had just had a bunch of snow, you know, the previous week, and then we had the bitter freezing uh, cold at the beginning of, of last week. And I had a meeting on Tuesday morning that I was supposed to go to. And I go outside to get in my car. I could not get any of my doors open. They were all frozen shut. I mean, every single one of them was frozen shut. So I had to call the person in and cancel the appointment that I had. Wednesday, I go outside, try to open the doors again. I still can't get into my vehicle. It's just frozen shut. Finally, Thursday, I'm able to get in, but I didn't actually start up the car. I just opened it up, and I didn't have anywhere to be that day. So what I'm trying to get you to see is it had been days since my car had actually been started. So then Friday morning when I got up and went to go have this meeting with the architect, I go to start the car. It will not start. I mean, it wouldn't even turn over. That's how bad it is. It just wouldn't turn over at all. Well, again, this guy was coming in from out of town, and so I couldn't cancel this particular appointment. I knew he was already on the road to come here. So I had to call Lisa, and I said, you need to come home because I need to take your car in order to go for this appointment. So what I'm trying to say to you is this car chase that I was in, I was in Lisa's car, not my car. And here's why I'm thankful for that. I have a, a Ford Taurus. I call it an old man car. Lisa has a little sporty Hyundai Tiburon, and it can go fast. <laughs> and so uh, the acceleration that it has, the handling that it has, man, it, I truly believe had I not been in her car, they would have easily been able to catch up to me. I would have never been able to, to get away from them. But because I was in her car, I was able to get away. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, whatever happens, give thanks because it is God's will in Christ Jesus that you do this. Notice it says, whatever happens, that we're to give thanks for it. See, I wasn't thanking God for the cold and the snow and frozen car doors and dead batteries. But yet, in reality, I should have. I should have been thanking Him for it. And, you know, every single day... We have times that we could be thanking God for stuff. And I think many times if something like great happens to us, we do. Or if there's like a very obvious thing that God does to protect us, we do. But what I'm trying to get you to see this morning is we need to thank God even when bad things happen to us. Because we don't know that because of that bad thing happening to us, maybe he was doing something that was protecting us from something else. So now, in my particular case, being able to look back now and see that, you know, frozen car doors and dead batteries, it allowed me to be in a car that allowed me to escape. I'm thankful for that. But what Paul's saying here in this scripture is, I should have been thankful even beforehand. And let, let me put it into perspective for you. I don't know what you're going through here today, what baggage you walked in here with today, but whatever it is, be thankful for it. Because you don't know how God is using it to shape your life or to change your life or maybe even possibly spare your life. Because of that, that bad thing that you're complaining about today. Guess what I'm saying is the next time you're sitting and, and you get stuck in traffic somewhere, you know, there was construction and you weren't expecting that there was going to be construction there. Our, our natural tendency is to grumble and complain about it. What I'm saying is give thanks to God. Because maybe God allowed that construction to be there in that moment because just up ahead, you would have been in an accident. Had you been going at your normal rate and there wouldn't have been construction there, you would have been in an accident. But because of God's grace and because of God's mercy, he's like, I'm going to put a construction zone right there and it's going to slow them down and they're not going to be in that intersection at that time that an accident was going to happen. 
Or, you know, your kids get sick and, you know, they have to take a day off school. And so you had to call on to work and, and take a day off work. And you're complaining about, man, I'm going to miss a full day's wage and stuff because I got to be home with my kid and, and everything. What I'm saying is learn to be thankful for that. And, yeah, it's miserable to see that your kids are sick in bed and all that. But you don't know. Maybe God allowed that sickness to, to be there for them because had they been outside of the house, had they been at school, maybe something bad would have happened. We just never know how God behind the scenes is orchestrating stuff so that we can have or not have or be or whatever at the the moment that we need. I needed that car in order to escape. And so God orchestrated all these things to happen all week long so that I could have it. So thank God. This leads to number two then. That God protects us in ways that we don't always know or appreciate. Now, I was able to go back on Google Maps and actually retrace all the twists and the turns and stuff that I made. And it's just absolutely amazing as I look back on it. Because remember, the the streets at that point still had a lot of snow and, and ice cover, especially these little side streets that I was on. And so, again, I'm doing 75 miles per hour in 25 mile per hour zones. Snow and ice, but yet I didn't lose control of the car. Here's the other amazing part. As I look back at it, there was five like long stretches of streets that I was on. Three of the five streets, I was going the wrong way on the one way. 75 miles per hour, the wrong way. That has to be God's protection. Now, again, twice there was times that vehicles were coming the other way, and that was sort of my cue that I need to find a street to turn off. But what what if there hadn't been a street? What if the car would have been there and I had had to stop because there was nowhere else to go, and now the shooters were behind me? I'd have been pinned in. Again, God was definitely protecting. Scripture puts it this way. Psalm 138, verse 7. Lord, even when I have trouble all around me, you will keep me alive. When my enemies are angry, you will reach down and save me by your power. I truly believe that God spared me last Friday, and he made a way available in ways that shouldn't even have been made uh, a way for. And, you know, the same is true for you. God loves you, and God has great plans for you, and God has desires for your life. And he's concerned about the details of your life. He was concerned about what was going on in my situation to to open up all the pathways that I needed to have open in that moment. See, God's just not this disinterested God that that really isn't interested in the the details of your life. He is. In fact, the the Bible says he knows the very numbers of hair on your head. Now, some of us have a little less uh, accounting for God to do, but that's how much God knows you. And he loves you, and, and he's there for you, and, and he wants to protect you in all things. You know, one of the uh, interesting things of, about this whole situation was, even I, I'm driving, and I'm doing these outlandish you know, speeds I shouldn't be doing in these little streets, I was still pretty clear-headed. And I'm thinking about a lot of things. And one of the things that I was thinking was, because I was like 
ducking as I'm driving. And I'm actually thinking, this headrest isn't going to stop a bullet. You know, so that was one thing that I'm thinking about. You know, I'm thinking about family and friends and how much I love them. And, and you know, basically the, the topic of the series of, you know, am I wasting my life or not? You know, do I have any regrets? I'm thinking about all those things. The other thing I was doing was praying in the midst of it. And, you know, many times we think of prayer as this, like, weird thing that you've got to be on your knees and your head bowed and your hands folded and your eyes closed and you're using weird words like thee and thou and those. But that's not prayer. God just wants you to talk to him about whatever's on your heart at the time. And guess what? I wasn't giving these, like, long, flowery prayers at the time as I'm driving through the streets. You know what most of my prayers were in that moment? Jesus help. Jesus help. Jesus help. That was my prayer. And God accepts those types of prayers just as much as these long, you know, flowing things. In fact, Jesus said that, you know, he doesn't even really like long, flowing, flowery types of things. He just wants you to be honest. And so there I am, and I'm just asking for his help. I'm asking for his protection in that moment. And I'm saying the same thing to you. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is, cry out to him because he hears you. Psalm 46.1, we read this. God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. He did that for me, and I believe he'll do that for you as well. Number three, then, is that we need to maximize each day because you may not get another. And really, that's what this whole series has been about. And I know a lot of people uh, are listening via this podcast because you wanted to hear the the full story. And if you're listening for the the first time today, I want to encourage you to jump on our website and, and Listen to the rest of the messages in the series, and maybe some of you that are here live with us today, you haven't heard the rest of it, because really it's been about living a life of no regrets, of making sure that you can get to the end of your life, and you look back and you have absolutely no regrets, that you didn't waste any moment at all. Because what we've been learning through this series is that God gives all of us gifts and talents and abilities and skills and, and resources that he says, look, I'm entrusting these things to you, don't waste it. Because all of us are going to be held accountable for what we have. And see, we don't know that we're going to have tomorrow. So don't keep procrastinating and say, well, I'll get around to using my life to make a difference in the future. No, you don't know that you're going to have tomorrow. In fact, Jesus' brother, a guy by the name of James, says this, James 4.14. What do you know about tomorrow? How can you be so sure about your life? It's nothing more than a mist that appears for a little while before it disappears. You know, had you asked me Friday a week ago, are you going to die today? I'd have said, well, obviously any day you can die, but probably not. You know, the possibilities, you know, slim and none. But yet I got really, really close. That could have been my last day. None of us know. And so, again, that's why we all have to be prepared uh, for the, the future that, you know, we can't just keep procrastinating, putting things off. You've got to maximize your life right here and right now. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians five fifteen to 17. Act like people with good sense and not like fools. These are evil times, so make every minute count. Don't be stupid. Instead, find out what the Lord wants you to do. Now, you know, thankfully for me, I know what it is that God has asked me to do with life. That God wants me to use my gifts and talents to to glorify him through a a local church and and doing that. And so what was I doing that day? Well, I had one meeting that was about church and I was on my way to another church-related thing. But what about you? Are you maximizing your days? Are you just sort of floating through life? 
Are you doing what it is that God has called you to do? Because again, all of us have been given gifts and skills and talents and abilities and resources that you're going to one day stand before God and he's going to say, what did you do with these things? He's going to hold you accountable. See, many of us are just going through life wasting it and living our lives and and working in jobs that we hate and and chasing after cars and raises and bonuses and promotions and houses and all that kind of stuff. And we think that that's what life is all about, and it's not. Your life is about making sure you're making a difference for Jesus and his kingdom. Because as we talked about last week, that's the only thing that's going to last for all of eternity. What you do for him is the only thing that will last. So don't waste your life. Now, if you're sitting here this morning, you're like, okay, go over it. If I'm being honest, I'm probably chasing after temporal things more than I'm chasing after eternal things. The, the fourth thing that I've been learning over these past 10 days is something that, that maybe you could help with. And maybe this is the, the start of you making an eternal difference. And it's this, number four there on your outline. The city of Harrisburg is a war zone. Those aren't my words. That's actually the words of the detective that was interviewing me. Let me illustrate a little bit more of of what happened uh, after the chase actually took place. So I'm hiding out. I'm waiting for the police to show up. And eventually they find me. And I'm standing there and I'm talking to the police officer. And... I didn't have like, I knew like the color of the car. I didn't have like a great, great description. And he's like, all right, you know, we're probably not going to be able to find these guys based off of what you're able to give. He's like, but it's your right to come and give a statement if you want to. And I was like, well, if it'll help you guys, sure. But, you know, if not, then, you know, I'm not going to take time just to go down and, you know, give something that it probably isn't going to help. And so we're just like ready to leave. And all of a sudden he gets a call on his radio saying, hey, we just picked up a gunman in a car. It matches the description of the car that that your guy gave. Can you bring him down to see if it's, you know, the same one or not? And so we hop in his cruiser. And as we hop in, he gets on his little uh, computer there. There was three more calls that came in that he could have responded to, but he couldn't just in the five minutes that he and I have been talking. That's how busy these guys are. They're getting calls all the time, and he's like, hopefully somebody else will get this one, because obviously we've we've got something else we need to do. And so we get in the cruiser, and we take what should have normally been like a 15-minute drive in about five minutes. I mean, sirens blaring and the whole thing. I think I was actually just as scared riding with him as I was in my, my chase thing, because we're weaving in and out of traffic. And here's the deal. People just weren't pulling over. I mean, the sirens are blaring and the lights are flashing and stuff, and people were just driving right along. And I kept going, seriously? Seriously? He's like, it's this way all the time. He's like, nobody respects us anymore. They don't pull over the side. And so we're weaving in and out. And we finally get to this other vehicle, and right away I was like, nope, that's not the one. So think about that for a second. There was actually two shootings that happened at the exact same time by two very similar vehicles, and here's the, uh, the irony of all of it. This has become so common now in Harrisburg that neither mine nor the other one made the news that day. In fact, as I was talking to the cops, they were like, 
they respond to now dozens of shots fired in the city every single day. Dozens. It's become a, a war zone right here in our local city. Now, once I got back to, uh, or actually as I'm there, he, he sort of pulled in. He said, let me check on what's going on uh, with these guys. And uh, I won't get into all the other things. There's some other funny thing, but I won't get into it. But um, he eventually says, can you step out? And I get out, and he's like, okay, we do want you to come down and make a statement now. And so I knew something had changed in, in that moment uh, from, okay, you know, you don't need to make a statement. That Yeah, now we, we need you to make a statement. And so they had a detective come and pick me up there at that scene, took me back to where Lisa's car was still hiding at, and then we went down to police uh, headquarters where I was for the next couple hours. But as I'm talking to this uh, detective, again, he was the one that said Harrisburg's become a war zone because what I was saying to him was, I tell my wife not to go through that particular area all the time. And I decided that I was going to cut through there because it was the most direct way to, to get to where I needed to be. And I thought, you know, it's the afternoon and it's not going to be a big deal. And he's like, no, he's like, it's a war zone now. He's like, people are just shooting all the time. And he's like, we right now, because of the budget disaster that the city of Harrisburg had, we are understaffed by 60 police officers in Harrisburg. And he said, people in the city know that. And so they're getting away with all kinds of stuff. And he said, there's things that they can't respond to, just like the, the police officer with me. You know, there's three calls he could have responded to. Well, I don't have enough people to respond to all of it. And he said, so the, the criminals know this, and so they're just shooting and doing all kinds of stuff just out in broad daylight, and they don't care because they know that more than likely they're not going to get caught. And in case you're wondering, uh, two details I haven't put in. The, the guys uh, didn't get caught in my particular case, and yes, the two guys that got shot are going to live, so that, that's a good thing. Uh, but it's just it's crazy. It's a, it's a war zone out there. And what I want to say to you is, is this. As I was talking to the detective as I was leaving, I said to him, do you enjoy your job? And he's like, no, I don't. It's like I used to. But he's like, we are just so overwhelmed right now that it just it seems so frustrating that, that we can't like get to everything. And there's so much unsolved stuff that's out there. And he, on a number of occasions, said, because he knew I was a pastor by that point, he's like, would you guys pray for us? And so I, I want you to be praying for the, the, the police officers in our city and the detectives in our city. And we're trying to, to figure out some things that we as Exponential can do, and, and we're possibly going to partner with some other churches to just try to be an encouragement to them in some way, that they've got a very thankless job and they're just so overwhelmed right now. And so we're, we're going to figure out some, some way just to, to be an encouragement to them. And I want you to pray that our city does see a financial turnaround so that we can hire more policemen to, to try to keep our streets a little bit safer. But here's the thing that I've been realizing. Even if we do all that, we pray for them and we encourage them and we hire more police officers. You know what? That's just treating the symptoms. That's not getting to the root of the problem. In fact, Paul talks about it. In Ephesians 6.12, and this is true not just of Harrisburg, but this is true of any area. He says this, we're not fighting against humans. We're fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers 
in the spiritual world. What Paul's saying here is we're in a spiritual battle. And our, our city is in spiritual warfare. Yes, this is playing out in shootings and various things, but this is something that, that it's a, a battle between good and evil. And, and that's where we really need to tackle the problem. Not just the, the symptoms, not just put like band-aids on gaping flesh wounds. No, we need to get to the root. We need to get to the spiritual side. And that's where we as a church and as followers of Jesus, we are called to go and make a difference. Don't waste your life. Again, life is not about just getting a bigger house and a fancier car. It's not about just getting more stuff for yourself. You can't take any of that with you. The only thing that you can do is try to make a spiritual difference wherever you're at. That may be in your neighborhood. That may be in your workplace. It may be in the city. But that's what you're called to do with your life. Don't waste it. Because again, you're going to stand before God and He's not going to ask you, did you get a new Rolex? How many square feet were your house? What was the make and model of your car? That's not what He's going to ask. He's not impressed with stuff like that. He's going to say, What did you do with the gifts and the skills and the talents and the abilities and the finances that I gave to you? Did you use it to make a difference in the short time that you had on the earth? All of us will be judged on that. We can't waste our lives. We've got to make a spiritual difference. The goal of life isn't just to die having lived a safe and comfortable life. No, you need to make a difference for him. Number five, then. I'm spiritually strong, and this one's more for me. I... It's weird because I, I do a lot of <clears throat> excuse me. I do a lot of counseling with people, and so. Um, you know, all the things that are going on inside of me, I know what they are. And I know what I would tell other people to do. And I'm doing those things. I, I'm praying. I'm reading scripture. You know, I'm, I'm meeting with you know, people and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's still there. It's still the reality of what I'm, I'm dealing with. And the, the biggest thing for me is uh, what's called irrational fear. And I mentioned a little bit last week to you some of the things that have been happening to me. But... Like there was a gunshot on TV that particular night that it happened, and it just, man, my heart just started racing. It was like, wow, you know, just flashback to all those uh, types of things. Um, and then this morning was actually, I went and picked up Yvonne. It was actually the first time that I've driven back into the city because every time that I've gotten close to the city this week, just heart starts pounding. And uh, poor George last week, he didn't even realize he, he did it. I mentioned it to you. I was setting up one of these lights up here, and I uh, actually had my back to the drum kit right as he got set up. And he just, he, I mean, it's a normal thing. You warm up your drums, you know, sort of, which sounds weird. But, he, you know, I guess he's warming up more than he may be warming up. But tuning him in and everything, and he just snapped the uh, one snare there. And just that, it was like, sounded like a gunshot and just brought all of it back. Uh, this week I was sitting in a restaurant. And I just sat down, and I was there for a couple minutes, and I realized my back's to the door, and I can't see what's going on. Now, this is a crowded restaurant, for crying out loud. But yet, I mean, even though I'm sitting there thinking, this is irrational, 
I still had to move to the other side of the table so I could see what was going on. So it's just things like that that it's just, you know, again, completely, and I know that, but it still doesn't make the reality of it any different. And, you know, as I've been going through this and I've been, you know, quoting scripture about, you know, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline. And, you know, I know all the scriptures, you know, and I'm, I'm quoting that and I'm, I'm praying a lot and I'm meeting with people, you know, that I, I trust. It's still there. And, you know, the reality that, that I've come to is, man, I am so glad for my faith in moments like this. Because it's as bad as it is for me now. What if I didn't have Jesus? And I've realized that this is the reason that people start drinking and, and doing drugs and stuff, because they're trying to numb the pain. They're trying to, to numb the reality of what they're feeling and it's sort of escape that for a little bit. And so, uh, again, thankfully, that's, that's not where I'm at. You know, I, I have my faith and everything, but, but emotionally I'm weak. And so um, one of the things I decided to do was I did call a professional counselor and uh, I've been talking to him and we have an appointment uh, this week uh, to get together. And, you know, that's, that's sort of a humbling thing to admit that I need professional help. I, I do. Um, but I, I want to share that with you because you guys are going through some stuff too. It, it may not be the exact same thing that I'm going through, but Whatever you're going through in life, don't hold it in. Don't keep it to yourself. You know, come and ask me for help or, or ask you know, somebody else for help. Get some professional help. Uh, make sure you're in a life group where you have a support system of people that are around you that, that can help you. Don't do it alone. That, that's what I'm really trying to say to you. And thankfully, because I do enough counseling myself and see what happens when people hold things in and then it's like, very, very last minute, last ditch effort of, oh, now I'm going to go see somebody and, and try to get some help with this. And a lot of times they're like way down the road and it's hard to bring them back out of it. I realized that like right from the beginning here, I want to get help right away. Because look, again, I want to make sure that I'm maximizing my life. I don't want to waste my life and carry around any baggage that I don't need to be carrying around with me. And, and so hopefully that's an encouragement to you, whatever you're going through. Please, please, please make sure you're not going through it alone. Ask other people for help. Now, with all that being said, let me be clear of something else. And this is why I said it this way, that I'm spiritually strong, but emotionally I'm weak. Spiritually, I'm fine. You know, my fear is not of death. I know what will happen to me when I die. That, that's, not, that's not the fear. What, what's sort of weirding me out a little bit is that somebody wanted me dead. See, if I get hit by a bus or I die of cancer or something, you know, that's all. Things happen. But the thought that another human being wanted you dead, that, that's the part that I'm, I'm having trouble grasping. And I, I don't know what it is, and hopefully <laughs> the counselor will, like, you know, pull all that stuff out of me and exactly what the, the root of it is. But I'm not afraid to die. And the reason that I can say that is, again, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt what will happen to me at the moment of death. I know that I'll spend all of eternity with God in heaven. 
not because of who Gilbert is, not because of anything good that I've ever done in my life. In fact, the Bible says that you can't do enough good to make your way in heaven. The only reason I can make it is because Jesus loved me enough to come and, and die for my sins and forgive me of those sins and, and give me a brand new life. You see, Gilbert actually died on July 27, 1993. Now, I, I may look sort of, again, a little less hair than I had back then, but I may look sort of the same, but that old Gilbert, he died. And that was the day that somebody shared the, the message of Jesus' love and forgiveness with me. And I said, life isn't about Gilbert. It's all about Jesus and glorifying him. And so that Gilbert died and a new Gilbert came to life that day. And here's what Jesus had to say about that. Matthew 10:28. He says, don't be afraid of people. They can kill you, but they cannot harm your soul. And that's why as I was driving down the, the street and stuff, yes, I wanted to get away, but had I died... That, I would have been okay with that. You guys would have had more of a problem with that than I would have. Because I'd be with Jesus right now. But it's the people that you know, are left behind that grieve and mourn. And so I wouldn't want that, obviously, for you. But, again, I wasn't afraid of that. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my soul would have gone on and lived forever with God in heaven. There's some of you that are here today that you don't know that. That had you been chased and you would have gotten shot and died, you don't know this morning where you would spend eternity. And what I want to share with you this morning is that the good news of what Christianity is all about, you know, what the Bible is all about, and this looks like a big, intimidating book, but it's really not. Let me break it down for you. It's simply a love story. It's a love story of a God who loves you so much that he said, yes, even though you're disobeying me, and yes, even though your sin deserves eternal punishment in hell, and yes, even though there's nothing that you could do yourself to ever be forgiven of that sin, I'm going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. I'm going to come and live a perfect and sinless life. I'm going to come and die on a cross for your sins. I'm going to come and rise again from the dead to prove that I'm really God so that all of your sins can be forgiven, and so that you can have an abundant life right here and right now, and in eternity in heaven forever. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what the Bible is about. And Jesus said it this way in John eleven twenty five to 26. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will have life even if they die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And what he means by that is this. Yes, your physical body will die, but spiritually, you don't have to die. Somebody once said it this way. If you're only born once, you're going to die twice. If you're born twice, you'll die once. What that means is this. You are born physically, and you will die physically. Jesus had a guy come to him one time by the name of Nicodemus. And he says, what must I do to gain eternal life. And Jesus said to him, you must be born again. And born again simply means that you've come to the place where you realize that Jesus did die for your sins and that there's nothing you can do about your sins on your own. And in faith, you just ask him, please, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be the leader of my life. I'm giving full control to you. And what that means is this. You die to yourself. 
July 27, 1993. The old Gilbert died. I've already died twice. or I, I've, Actually, I've only died once. I'll physically die yet again at some point. But I died to myself at that moment. But I was born again in that moment. So I was born again. And so I only have to die a physical death now. But if you're not born again, you'll die not just a physical death, but a spiritual death as well. And that's what the Bible would describe as as hell, a place of eternal punishment. And look, if you end up in hell, it's not because God wanted you there. It's because you chose to not receive his love and his grace and his forgiveness and the offer that he's given to you right here and right now. So again, let me read those words of Jesus to you in John 11, 25, 26. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even if they die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. You know, if you didn't get anything else out of today's message, please get what I just shared with you. That God loves you so much that he died for you and he wants to have a relationship with you so that you can know that whether you're chased down by a gunman and, and die or you die of natural causes or, you know, you get hit by a bus, whatever it is, that you're in a right relationship with him. That's what he wants most from you. He doesn't want you to follow the rules and the regulations. I mean, he does want those things, but that's not what it's about. What he wants is a relationship. A relationship. If you don't have one of those with him today, I pray that you'll do it here in just a moment. Let's pray all together. Father God, um, again, I thank you so much for sparing my life Friday a week ago and just for the many ways that you protected me and, and just provided a way out where it seemed like there would be no way out. And Lord, I, I thank you for the lessons that I'm learning even already through this whole ordeal that I went through. And Lord, I, I need you. I need you so much. I, I don't like all these feelings and stuff that I'm having. And so, God, I'm praying right now that just supernaturally you would uh, just relieve me of all those things. And, uh, Lord, uh, even in the, the midst of it, if that's not your will to immediately take it away, help me through uh, the this counseling sessions and stuff just to be able to get rid of this burden uh, that, that's inside of me. Lord, for uh, every single person that, that's here today, I I just pray that they were able to, to learn something from my story and realize how good you are and how much you love us and uh, just how much you do protect us and, and how much you want to have a relationship with us and that it's okay to ask people uh, for help. So, Lord, I pray that no matter what people are going through here this morning, that they wouldn't complain about it, but they would see that it's possible that your hand is in it and that you're actually protecting them because of that very thing. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody that's not currently in a life group, that they would get plugged into a life group so that they have that support system around them. Lord, I pray if there's anybody that, that needs to ask for help, uh, that they would do that, that they would uh, you know, ask me or, or ask somebody from here at the church or call a, a professional counselor. If there's anybody listening to this message online and, and uh, you want to talk to me, you can email me, gilbert at exponentialchurch.tv. I'd be more than happy uh, to talk with you and help you with whatever you're dealing with. Um, Lord, I just pray that we would all just be honest enough to to admit to others that we're not perfect and we all need help in some way and that we would learn to do life together. Lord, most of all today, out of today's message, I pray that there's uh, people that will begin a relationship with you. And so again, whether you're live here or you're listening online, 
pray that right now you would just humbly admit to Jesus that you're a sinner and that you need His grace and you need His forgiveness. That you would acknowledge to Him that there's no good works that you could do that would ever get back in, in His good graces. In fact, the, the Bible says that all the good deeds that we do are like filthy rags in God's sight. And so, Lord, help us just to acknowledge that to you. We know that your word says that if we confess our sins to you, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. So, Lord, right now, help us to turn our lives over to you and to turn from our sins. It's not just that we're sorry that we got caught. It's sorry that we were doing it so much that we're actually going to turn away from those sins and, and not do those things any longer. And so, Lord, help us to do that. We know that if we've truly done that, that your Spirit will come and live inside of us to lead and guide and protect us and sort of point out the right path that we need to be on. Not to possess us in any way. We still have free will. But to be there as our counselor to show us the right way that we need to go. And so, Lord, I thank you for anyone that's making that decision here this morning or wherever they may be listening to this in this moment. God, help them to realize your love, realize your help, realize your protection. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.